you are an experience of the universe, not just a broken piece of consciousness meant to live in fear. Here is the lore of the fairy ring, the toadstool circled under the hawthorn tree or the rowan. It is a myth that curiosity isn't a gift, but a bad omen. Here is the lore of the fairy ring. Enter and one may never return, forever dancing with the good folk, music haunting even the most taciturn. Here is the lore of the fairy ring, magic hidden in plain sight. It is a portal in which, dear listener, you, I formally invite. Welcome. I'm your spiritual friend, Michelle, and I created this podcast to portal us into our curiosity to find where reality and magic meet, combining a love for storytelling, mythology, and folklore with a fascination for the spiritual, the universe, and the esoteric unknown. This episode is chapter four in this season's meditative narrative that uses the fairy ring as a tool to jump from dream to dream, story to story. You don't need to listen to other episodes to enjoy this one. However, the first three chapters can be found at www.enterthefairyring.com as well as Spotify and Apple Podcast. Your curiosity is a portal to your free will. It is the natural urge of your soul that gives you the guidance you need to create your own reality and see that your dreams are possible. When you enter the fairy ring, you enter a place that is between reality and myth, dream and memory. This season, the fairy ring has found us in an abandoned cathedral where a neon stone angel took our shoes before the fairy ring swallowed us up to take us to a labyrinth where a raven distracted us from finding our own inner peace, and then into the desert, where the constellation of Scorpius walked from the sky, to the moon, to the sand below, to reveal herself to be the goddess Isis, who showed us how to turn our suffering into a personal oasis. Where will our curiosity lead us next? We'll have to enter the fairy ring to find out. Going through the fairy ring never feels the same way twice. What at first feels like water begins to feel like static. And then the sensation of being pixelated, memories refracting like a kaleidoscope of sound and neon chakras. There is a pulse of green light and the thud of a bass. You place your hands on your heart as a beat emerges there, until you're not just in the portal anymore, but the place that it has brought you. The feeling of being surrounded by pixels is replaced by the familiar texture of soil in your hands. Damp earth crumbles between your fingers as you feel yourself thrown back. A terracotta pot breaks as you fall into a bed of green vines. The vines slither out of the way as you try to keep the room from spinning. The scent of flowers and herbs filling your lungs as you brush soil from your face. 
A woman directly across from you gives you a knowing glance, but does not pause in her work of digging into the soil and planting an unfamiliar plant that looks like it has miniature stars orbiting around it. You recognize this woman as the goddess Isis from the desert, but she is no longer in her royal regalia, but simple overalls, a t-shirt, and an emerald color bandana tying her hair back. A small yellow scorpion crawls up her arm and waves a little pincher at you and hello. You wave back at the scorpion, remembering that in the desert, it had crawled from the sky to the moon to the sand and was about three times the size of you then. Now, it rests delicately on the goddess's shoulder and watches you with interest. You know, Isis says, taking off one of her gardening gloves to stroke the scorpion's head. Breaking that terracotta also ripped through the space-time continuum. We're going to get sucked into a black hole any minute now. You study her face to see if she's serious, but she breaks into a smile, lighting up her dark eyes. You should see your face. Look behind you. You turn around to see that the broken terracotta pot has been reassembled and a small, green, triangular head with two large blue eyes pokes out at the top. You take a step closer, and you see that it is a praying mantis standing inside of the pot. It is larger than any other praying mantis you've seen, but still small enough to sit into the palm of your hand. You don't overthink it as you offer your palm to the mantis, and it walks onto your hand. You can feel the small brushstrokes of its feet There is a peace and stillness that comes with the creature. You feel an immediate sense of connection with them, but have trouble looking into its eyes. They have a hypnotic quality that feels a little intense, so instead you look around with the mantis in your hand. The greenhouse looks Victorian, some panels being a light green, and others a clear iridescent. Even the floor is made with a transparent material that you can look through. Under you are stars, constellations you remember from the desert, and over you a wispy nebula of pink, purple, and orange, a cloud of gas and dust creating stars and then destroying them. Farther out is a blue planet with rings like Saturn. You look back at the praying mantis when you realize that their eyes are the same color blue. That's where we're going. Isis says, pointing to the blue planet. What you have in your hand is a guide. The praying mantis winks at you before flying off to land on a streak of pale silver flowers that grow small crescent moons in the middle of its petals. Just wait until you see them when their moons get full, the mantis says, moving its hand in an intricate dance around the flowers and moons, making silver dust rise up in the cosmic greenhouse and settling on your skin like sterling glitter. A guide and a galactic gardener, you say, trailing your hands over the moon dust on your skin. I am whatever I wish to be, says the mantis. By the way, the name is Comet. Comet helps guide one's journey into eternal life, Isis says, handing you a hot mug. The mug is also clear, and you see a milky liquid melting through the coffee. You sip your coffee and follow her again like you did in the desert, when she was a scorpion. She shows you air plants that float on their own, ivy that can turn water poured onto it into metal, 
plants that grow in the dark, plants that look like it should be at the bottom of the ocean, trees that bear small planets instead of fruit, insects that look like a cross between moths and fireflies, hummingbirds whose tears turn into sunflowers. She shows you how to make a shooting star by mixing a pink cloud with a bolt of lightning and how to make the glass of the greenhouse malleable enough to send one of the planets that the trees grew into space so it can grow as beautiful and as big as Venus. Comet, the praying mantis, joins you as you get closer to the blue planet. You know, in Europe I am a harbinger of storms. In dreams I am a symbol of transformation. In Australia I am a spirit of the dead. And in Greece I show lost travelers their way back home. And with the goddess Isis, I guide. All beautiful things, all connected, says the goddess Isis, taking a dying star from the greenhouse garden and throwing it up to the ceiling, where instead of turning into a supernova, turns into rain of all colors. The coffee you drink makes you alert, yet tired. You feel your eyes get heavier with every rainbow drop that lands on your skin until you close your eyes seeing the kaleidoscope of neon chakras again, every color, until only a neon blue remains, flickering out into a neon nebulous where you know that something in you is about to be destroyed so that something new can be created. It's pretty easy to forget how connected we are to original source energy. Human beings are constantly being fragmented and isolated in so many different ways. It's good to remember that we come from the same energy, the same primordial light that created our whole cosmos is within you right now. Part of the beauty of being human is being flawed within this kind of perfect universe, the system that is constantly creating and destroying itself within the same energy, right? Because energy can't be created or destroyed. So within yourself, you can constantly be destroying things that no longer serve you and being reborn in the same way. It's still you, but you're cre creating a different kind of universe, a different kind of cosmos within yourself. Part of our <laughs> collective narcissism is believing that we are somehow separate or above nature or the universe, or believing that humans are the center of the universe. The ancient Greeks called it anthropocentrism, which translates to human being and center. This is the idea that we are exceptional or supreme within the cosmic ecosystem. This creates two very distinct problems. One, it separates us from nature so quickly. So animals, plants, minerals, bugs go from being this 
precious material of the universe to being demoted to just resources available for human consumption. And secondly, it creates a collective solipsism. The basic definition of solipsism is that nothing exists beyond oneself or one's immediate experiences. So that the external world is just a projection of your own self. And we wonder why so many of us are going through an existential crisis, feeling spiritually starved, feeling like we have no purpose. What is a tree without the sun? Or soil? Or rain? Or birds, bees, butterflies, or the fucking fungi underground that helps trees network with each other? And don't forget that the root system is just as big as the tree above. That's like some Stranger Things upside down shit. The point is, is <laughs> you're connected. We're connected. I'm connected. And yes, to an extent it is true. What you put out in the universe will reflect back to you as above, so below. Because you are connected to it. But you are not the only fragment of it. You are not the only point of consciousness in the universe experiencing itself. We forget that. Although we go back to the one universal mind, there are so many points of consciousness having different experiences outside of your own. It is important to be able to step outside of yourself enough to see that. Not just so that you value the world around you more, but that you value yourself more as well. The entire universe cannot be contained within the human experience. The universe does experience itself through the human experience, but it just doesn't end there. Who were you before you were born? Where will you be after you die? You are an eternal energy. So it doesn't make sense that the entire cosmos is centralized on the finite nature of the human experience. We are part of a greater whole a greater spirit. So if you ever get to the point where you are overwhelmed by what you're experiencing as a human, which is easy to do, being a human is really, really difficult and it's important to have compassion on yourself, but you always have that inside of you, that reminder that you are a part of something cosmic. Isn't that cool? Try this for 30 days. Think of yourself as a cosmic entity first, and then as a human being second. A few things you can expect to happen. One, you're going to feel connected to something bigger that you can't quite comprehend, and that's a good thing. It's a good reminder to humble ourselves and to accept that we have limits, and that's a part of our beauty. That's part of our nature is... Um, that, that limitation that gives us the curiosity that we have. One of the most beautiful, beautiful things about being human, right? Two, you're going to notice that you're honoring your body more and the world around you more because it is a part of you. It's not separate. And three, you're going to notice a conversation begin to happen. And it's not going to be just human language. It's going to be bigger than that. It's going to be cosmic 
language. You know, and this is the fun stuff. Spirit guides, animal guides, nature, animal numbers, animal numbers, angel numbers, synchronicity, dreams. It's an energy that you can work with because you're admitting that you're a part of it. The universe cannot abandon you if you do not abandon yourself. We come here to experience, to learn, to create, to love, not to live in fear. If you want to help heal this world, focus on living outside of your fear. Focus on healing your connection to the world, and you will start to see yourself more within the world. And others will see themselves within you too, because that's the funny thing. When you are lit up with your own divine spark, when you're co-creating, co-creating with the universe, and you're a part of this conversation that's bigger than your one life, then that's when being a human being makes sense and clicks into place. A sense of oneness. And that is fucking infectious because it is the truth. You are an experience of the universe, not just a broken piece of consciousness meant to live in fear. I'll say that one more time. You are an experience of the universe, not just a broken piece of consciousness meant to live in fear. So spring is coming up. It's time to plant something. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be sunflowers, vegetables, herbs. It doesn't matter. Just plant something and pretend that it is you. Take care of it. Give it sun, clean water, good soil. Talk to it. Play music for it. Watch it thrive as it is existing in harmony with the elements around it. Energy is always changing and the human experience is definitely not static. Just like the universe, we have the power to destroy old paradigms and create new ones that are more aligned with the evolution of where we're going as spiritual beings. You have a say in how the collective consciousness sees itself. How do you want that conversation to go? If you decide to plant something for spring, I'd love to see it. You can tag the podcast at Enter the Fairy Ring on Instagram. There will be a link in the show notes. And if you like this episode, please rate and review the podcast. It helps expand its reach. If you do go ahead and decide to rate the podcast, go ahead and take a snapshot of it and send it to my email, enterthefairyring at gmail.com. And I will send you back an oracle pool from one of my decks and a fairy blessing. That's what I do. I guess you can call it my, my day job is I read tarot cards. If you're in the Oklahoma City area, you may have gotten a reading from me. So if you found the fairy ring because of that, <laughs> thank you for joining me here. And thank you to everyone who listened to Cosmic Greenhouse. I really hope that you enjoyed it. I have another interview scheduled this month for 
into your curiosity, which are the interview conversation style episodes of this podcast. I have two of those episodes already out this season, uh, Poetry as Spellcraft with the brilliant poets um, Ileana Rocha, Kaylin McAllister, and Sydney Vance, as well as uh, Dreamwork and Breaking Free from Religious Dogma with Mallory Aveline from the Truth Evolves podcast. Both episodes are, are really good and really special, so I hope you check those out. And until next time, take care. I'm wishing you the world.